welcome to Wake Forest University Department of Counseling podcast. I'm Dr. Bob Nations, and I'm with my esteemed colleagues. I'm Dr. Shannon Warden, and Bob, I know you said colleagues plural because we've got, we've got two fun, special colleague friends with do. us today. We've got Dr. Cheyenne Carter and Dr. Rob Cazares, and we're going to be talking about self-care and um, Rob, you're the one. This is your idea. So what's the big plan here? Self-care. Oh, I just think about, you know, as we wrap up the end of the semester, uh, it was not too long ago that I was a student myself, and uh, I would hear my professors preach self-care so much and serve as great models of self-care. Yet as a student, I did the worst job with kind of uh, attending to my own needs and uh, just feeling like I reached the end of the semester with no steam, no motivation, and now as a professor, um, having a bit more time on my hands, not uh, going to school and working full time, just being a professor uh, and saying like, you know, how can I be a good model for my students with self-care? So I just kind of wanted to open up the floor and have a conversation about, you know, the things that each of us do uh, individually or even in our work relationships that help kind of keep us motivated, keep us energized Mm -hmm. and feeling like we're, you know, those balanced uh, individuals and professionals. Awesome. Well, I know Bob asked me on the way in today, uh, Shannon, you got any big weekend plans? Mm-hmm. To which I said, Bob, I haven't even gotten there yet. Oh. <laughs> uh, because, right, to this very yeah. point, I'm thinking, uh, you know, which I'm, I'm good. I've got a pretty overall healthy mindset right now. But it's, it's kind of crazy, Rob, mm-hmm. and that's your point. The yeah. end of the semester, I, in fact, I was telling students last week, we as faculty totally get it. We feel the same arc of sorts, mm-hmm. you know, of that semester. Um, so I'm feeling a little, um, a little tired. Mm-hmm. Bob says this, this talk is right on time for me. Right on, it's right on target. All right, what we need to talk about. So self care. What we need to do. All right, We're, but who's going to start, Rob? Just who, who, who feels led to start? What are you doing for self care? Well, I was thinking about something that's helpful for me. I think a lot of times when we talk about self-care, people think about, oh, take a bubble bath, oh, get a massage, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, those are great options. But I think about sometimes creating um, systems in our life that are helpful for Mm -hmm. us. And I think about endpoints. And I'm someone who is, um, I like structure, I like organization. Um, In the counseling world, for students who are coming into this field, there's a lot about what we do as counselors that's open-ended. You know, the work with clients is, even when they stop coming to see us, it's not really done. Um, and then I think for students, they do kind of have this end point of graduation, but that's far out. Whether you're on the on-campus program or the online program, you're looking at two or three years. And so it could just feel like an endless cycle of starting class, ending class, starting class, ending class. And so I think about for me as self-care that endpoints are really important and for me to be really intentional about like seeing them um, keeping them kind of on the horizon. I don't really count down to them, but I've done that with my classes. I've done it through seasons of my life. Um, in my first marriage, um, uh, my husband was a Marine, and so we did deployments, and which are incredibly stressful in months and months. And like just having some sense of, you know, I'm going to make it to this event or I'm going to make it to this holiday. I didn't look at it as I'm going to make it to the end of the 10-month deployment. It's giving myself kind of workable units mm. of one month out, something like that. And so even within the counseling um, arena and and education, I just really, you know, whether it's I'm going to make it to this assignment being turned in and getting all of those grades done, and then I kind of celebrate and let that be done. You know, I've completed it. It's done. um, Celebrate it. 
and then kind of rev up for the next thing. And so to me, the end of the semester, I'm just thinking about that right now because this is very much an end point to me. I really enjoy, I love the first day of classes and I love the last day of classes um, because it's an <laughs> ability to just say, this is completed. Let's celebrate it. Let's reflect on what it offered. What did you learn? What blessings did it bring to your life? And now the next thing. So I think the endpoints are really important to me for self-care. Awesome. Can tomorrow be an endpoint? Just in it general, if I can be. live, if I can get through today's Why not? to-do I mean, list. really, 10 minutes can be an endpoint. Like, Happy. I mean, all you know, that's the thing we work with clients all the time about, like, everything in life is impermanent. You know, like, nothing stays the same. No emotion stays the same. No situation stays the same. Can you flow with it? Can you ground? Can you support yourself? Do the work you need to, but no, nothing stays. And so to me, that's almost... An endpoint to me is that shifting of energy or that shifting mm -hmm. of activity. And so it can be big, it can be small, it's just whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, I see that in clients and I especially see it in students when we start talking about uh, self-care. We're thinking of just doing the practicum we were talking about, I was talking to them about, okay, now be sure you're doing a lot of self-care because they're going through some stressful moments, seeing clients for the first time, seeing real difficult uh, kind of situations and issues that they're addressing. And I said, no, and be sure to create some balance in your life. And they all look at me like, oh, no, how can I do that with all this rigorous studies, with all the things going on in my life? Some of them have part-time jobs and things like that. And I go, it's not that you have to take a weekend retreat or go mm -hmm. to the beach. You can do just little things. And that's the thing that, that's kind of helped me along, too, is that I'll start to incorporate and working with clients and all, but also trying to model myself. Uh, like, I really enjoy being outside. And what I do during the school week is all of a sudden I realize I've been in there for a while at the computer grading things, meeting with students. And I'll just get out and walk around campus. And that's one thing about the beauty of Wake Forest campus. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Yes. It's nice. And so just take a little 15-minute, 20-minute walk. just revitalizes me. I see you out there, Bob. Do you? Yeah. You kind of, I, you know, and, you know, on the subject, you see your friends, right? I see oh, yeah. all you. And it's a social thing, too, because well, I run into folks. I rarely go by without seeing a former student yeah. or a colleague out there and sit stop and have some conversations yeah well that's a yeah, it's a so social a thing it it's is. also inspiring though i think there's bob walking i should be walking i seriously when i see you walking i think i'm gonna walk slow like bob walks. <laughs> <laughs> he's walking mindfully mindfully yes yeah and i'm serious i'm serious being funny but i am very serious because it is it's inspiring when you see other people taking care of themselves sure sure um, that, that does i think for all of us and it's a good conversation to be having not only by way of the time of the semester mm -hmm, that it mm -hmm. is but also, just in general, it's an encouragement to each other yeah. to hear and, you know. But the point I was making the students is that the little things can make a difference. Just do something like that. Yeah. could really help. All right. Clear so cobwebs. do something like that. Walks. Mm -hmm. Cheyenne's kind of throwing up this idea of having some endpoints and celebrating. I like that. You know, making sure you're mm -hmm. celebrating those endpoints. Um, Rob, what are you thinking about? Oh, yeah. Just to echo what uh, Bob was saying, I definitely have to walk and get around campus every day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, initially when I started this year uh, as a new faculty member i found myself just you know writing 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 grading and three four five hours would go by and i had not gotten up from my seat uh, and having previously worked as a school counselor all i did all day was walk around and meet students yeah. in various places and i didn't realize until you know that movement was absent from my life uh, how enriching it really was how necessary uh, it really is for me uh, and so i make a point just about every day uh, to get up and to walk someplace on campus, but typically to the library. And I just bumped into 
uh, a fellow department member the other day, and she said, you know, you don't have to pick up your own books. They can deliver those to your <laughs> office or, you know, just send an email to a grad student. Uh, you shouldn't have to walk over here and get your own books. And I said, oh, no, like, for my mental health, for my own sanity, I need to get out of the office. I need to walk around. I need to have movement. And I, just the excitement, the possibility of bumping into someone, uh, you know, a former student, a colleague, uh, just getting out of the office, breaking up that monotony is so for me. And then also the library just has like a great DVD selection. And so going and getting the, the latest titles uh, to take home and watch is another thing I know that, oh, you know, I'm working hard so that I have time when I go home to actually watch this DVD. Uh, instead of it just sitting on my shelf and collecting dust until I get the fines and saying it's overdue. Man, I'm totally thinking i got to get one of those movies. I know the library has those, but I never go over there. Rob, can you pick me up? Uh, <laughs> happy to yeah, shoot me an email. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> he needs an extra walk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's good stuff. I'm thinking about my own self-care, and um, I love words, and I love wordsmithing. And um, so one of the things that I've done this semester in particular is I've kept kind of a word of the day or a word of the week up on my board in my office, and um, that is kind of symbolic to me. So, in fact, um the last week's word was freedom, so right, and that resonated with the students because they were feeling the freedom of finishing, of having that end point, the Cheyenne you're talking about. This week's word is spark, so I've got spark, spark. and that what that is for me is there's energy coming. You know, I feel a resurgence of energy happening, and um, it's because Cheyenne you were uh, talking about this, I think too. Of I've got these things done, and now what? Now I can kind of shift my focus. Um, to the next exciting thing. And so um, I think it's important. It is certainly important for me to not let myself get so bogged down in the current stressor. I got to, you know, it's also not to say just dismiss it because that's not healthy either. Just this is not happening. This is not happening. No, it is happening. That's why you feel the way you feel and maybe why you spoke the way you spoke to that person in the hall or, you know, whatever. So it's not to say just dismiss it, but it is also it's kind of, as Shane is saying, it's that end point that we can celebrate that and then look forward to what's next. And my word this week is spark. And um, so I'm, I'm, that's where I get some energy from that. And I got to just put it out there, 80s music. Rob, that's what's on my satellite radio is 80s and the love channel, the love the love station. So, so when I'm you totally drive by and I see you dance in your car, I'm going to know what's going on in there. If you if you see me swaying, it's because I'm singing to Celine Dion. Oh, nice. <laughs> or like uh, Bon Jovi. What's on your playlist? You know? <laughs> yeah, this time may be challenging, but your heart will go on. Thank you, friend. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. That's exactly Celine. It's how I feel. Oh, she speaks the truth. But all you guys are talking about like things that are some of them related to sensory input. You know, yeah. like whether it's being outside, mm-hmm. whether that's a visual thing or a, a, um, feeling the wind on your skin. I know my dad used to always take his socks and shoes off and walk around in the grass, and I oh. thought he was crazy. Um, and now I get it. And I'm like, oh, I want to feel the ground too. Or mm-hmm. the music or, you know, kind of, I know I tend to be tactile. And so I have lots of cozy blankets, fuzzy blankets in my private practice and here at Wake and in my house. I have like probably 25. It may be a bit of an obsession, but it just feels so soothing to me to, 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 to rub the fuzzy blankets at times. Um, or to wear some type of cozy, you know, jacket or some fleece. And so I think, again, like when you can't stop and go get a massage or you can't stop and maybe even go for a walk, like those little bitty things mm-hmm. that just help your system feel good, I think are really, really important for self-care. Yeah, mm-hmm. my uh, takeaway from that is like for those listening, 
you know, reflecting on our lives and saying, like, where are my fuzzy blankets? What are my fuzzy blankets? And I, I think when I kind of stop and in the midst of my busyness reflect back on, you know, where do I need to take care of myself? Uh, what are the things that revitalize me? Like being able to kind of pinpoint what those are. They're, like amongst us, uh, there is some overlap, but kind of also diversity of things that really work for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Bob, like you said, kind of those small, manageable, incremental things that we can kind of incorporate into our daily lives that kind of build on one another, where it might be easy to say, oh, you know, I'm so busy that I don't have time to get to any of that. But Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you know, where are the five minutes where I can, you know, make a quick trip to the library or I have my 20 blankets piled on me and I can just pet them uh, that, you know, I've found for myself certainly in my life that. Um, the more that I make those small times to take care of myself and to recognize that that really benefits me and energizes me, mm-hmm. the more that I'm strong enough to not only be productive in the work that I'm required to do, but to have the energy and the effort to then do more self-care. And it really mm-hmm. uh, builds incrementally and um, you know rather rapidly once I'm just making that initial effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Something I, I did this semester and in previous semesters with my undergrad class on the helping skills course is that I'll bring in mindfulness as a part of what we offer um, our clients or, or helpies with them at times to, to look at um, a way of self-care. And mindfulness contemplation is a very uh, important part of my own self-care and, and spiritual practice at times. But I will, I've incorporated mindfulness into the syllabus to where the students will come in and at the beginning of each class we'll do a very brief five minutes uh, of mindfulness and I'll model some for about the first four or five classes. And then I had the students come in. I said, you can do a mindfulness activity, you know, cite it, where you get it from, what's the benefit, what's all. Uh, or some kind of self-care, if you want to uh, give an example of self-care. So sometimes folks are not into mindfulness and all. So what is a model of self-care? And the feedback that I've been getting is that they really appreciate this. Hopefully it's not the only thing they enjoy about the course. But, I mean, that's one of the benefits that they say that, that they didn't expect, that all of a sudden they've incorporated some things. So all of a sudden I go, yes, we're teaching mindfulness now in our courses and incorporating them in that way. So that, yeah. that was just something that's really nice. And in a very selfish way, I'm picking up some new mindfulness activities well you give what you get right absolutely and, yeah. and so you're getting back what you're giving so it's a it's a good deal i'm thinking it connects exactly with what rob was talking to that he mm-hmm. knows after he's been sitting for four or five hours mm-hmm. gosh i've been sitting for four or five hours and to be able to stop check in with myself you know and um i need to take a walk or i need to you know whatever it is a person's choosing maybe journaling mm-hmm. um you know, it, it, but, I, but I need to stop. So, But you, you wouldn't have known I needed to stop except unless you were doing what Rob is talking about as well. And it's, it's mindfulness is what mm-hmm. it is. is mm-hmm. I know I've been sitting here and I'm going to make a choice to do something about it. And um, it can be a five-minute walk or, or whatever. But it, it started because of the mindfulness and then the willingness to honor yourself in that way, to honor the value of self-care. Absolutely, yeah, and it just goes back to me, I guess, thinking about, like, I really need to practice the things that I preach. Yeah, As a school counselor, I would process this with my students, now teaching graduate-level school counseling students. Um, Mm -hmm. There's always kind of maybe that mindset of, like, I don't have enough time to do fill-in-the-blank. And it almost being uh, a paradox that sometimes um, the more time that we set aside for ourselves, the more that it can be rejuvenating and energizing and just life-enhancing. Uh, that when we maybe have lesser quantities of time to do the work that you know we busy ourselves with, 
uh, we're so much more productive, we're so much more invested in it. Uh, I've found for my students and for myself, it's so much more um, beneficial and rewarding. I get more out of the work I'm doing, right? I'm able to give more through my work. Uh, so it's just so important. One of the things you mentioned, uh, you know, not leaving my office for a few hours, uh, that also means like that I haven't eaten. And so many times I run into Cheyenne when I'm going to, um, you know, get a cup of coffee or uh, heat up my lunch. And uh, that's one of those times where we'll probably talk. I mean, when we do talk for like an hour. It's probably true. And I could have the <laughs> mindset. Lounge. Oh, yeah. I could have the mindset or you could have the mindset like, wow, that's an hour we could have been doing work. And, you know, sometimes we've said to one another, I'm so sorry, like, you know, that this is cut into your work time. And I know I, I've said to you many times, like, no, I need this. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to. Uh, you know, look back on this day and feel like, oh, this was the best part of my day. This was the most energizing part of my day. And, you know, when I went back to do my work, I was so much more productive because, you know, we were consulting on difficult cases uh, in the clinical counseling we do outside of work or brainstorming different things we might uh, integrate into our classes so that, you know, there's that through line of work, but then also as counselors, we're relational people. And so having that back and forth of just feeding off one another's energy and passion for the profession uh, maybe that's an hour less work I've done, but it's also um, enhanced the way in which I view my clinical work or, uh, you know, really rounded out maybe my approaches to my class. So it certainly serves a benefit um, professionally, but also personally. Rob made the mistake of um, showing me early on what a skilled clinician he is and how good he is with case consultation. And so now I take all my cases to him. Cheyenne shows up just about lunchtime every day. Well, my lunchtime, unfortunately, is 3 p.m., so I need to be better about that. Yeah. Well, and part of what you guys are talking about, too, it's mindfulness, but I think of the word intentionality. And yeah. uh -huh. I think about... One of the things that wears us down as human beings is how focused we are on just stress, on noticing when things aren't right, when noticing stress is present, and we're not getting our needs met. And our online students and our on-campus students, um, their schedules are incredibly packed. They are packed. They are demanding classes. And so there is a lot of stress related to it. And I feel like we have to get really, really skilled to be able to notice when just stress is less, right? So there's this whole kind of continuum of no stress to high level of distress. And we tend to only notice when we're highly distressed. And so I gotta think an important part of self-care is building that mind site to notice when the stress is less and to notice when it's, when it's not there. I encourage my clients and my students all the time, like, are you noticing when you feel good? Are you noticing when you feel neutral? Because neutral is actually a comfortable place to be. And so Dan Siegel talks about in some of his work about the importance of integration. And so when our brains are only focused on the negative, we're continuing that kind of neural pathway around like negative, negative distress. And so when something positive is happening, but we're not noticing it, it's not getting it's not getting integrated into the brain to kind of impact the way that the brain is, is functioning. And so self-care doesn't even have to be adding more things in. It can just be noticing the things that are already present, that bring you joy, that are calm. Again, even, I mean, I've had some seasons in my life where I was just praying for neutral. Like, just give me five minutes where things just feel, you know, just nothing. <laughs> and so self-care doesn't have to always be adding in more things. Yeah. Just noticing the good. I think that's mm -hmm. probably part of why I put the words up on the board. It's just, it's um, inspiring and it's noticing, I think, the inspired. I never put up a negative word. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know that I, f I'm sure I feel negative words, but it's just <laughs> something I don't want to put. I, mm -hmm. But, I, you know, and I imagine yeah. this has something to do with what you're talking about, China. You don't want that to be the focus. No, yeah, mm -hmm. I just want to uh, focus on the, on the good mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. there is a lot of good there. Another thing um, that I'm just coming to me right now, and I, I wouldn't want to put this out as an invitation to students to do the same thing, 
this past couple of semesters in particular, as I've recognized stress and, and realized maybe some distraction at times from my students, I made a very, a very much concerted effort to just be with the students. So, Bob, when I'm doing practicum, mm-hmm. I, and I tell them, and I, it's maybe a little weird to them, I don't know, but they get used to it. I say, I'm so glad. I truly am glad to be able to sit here with you, um, to, to be able just to talk and, and hear what's going on with you. And, of course, we're talking academic stuff. You know, what are they doing on their site? Mm-hmm. What are they learning? Where are their challenges? This is practicum, typically, is what I'm talking about here. Um, but I'm, you know, saying to them, and I, and I really feel it, and I want them to know it, but I want me to know it. I really am happy to be here with you right now. And that has, you know, it changes a lot of things. Um, but I want to put it out in, in terms of just my energy, my um, hopefully the, the Rob something I think you're talking about there too, just the clarity. I can see um, things a little bit differently. I'm more energized to do practicum supervision in that moment because I have decided in myself and really not it's not even having to talk myself into it I truly enjoy it but to actually put that out there for them it's also as much for me is hopefully an invitation to them will you be here with me and that's mindfulness Mm -hmm. too and it is the presence it is let's be here together yeah yeah I really want to affirm that yeah uh that's a, a mindset that I you know work very intentionally to take and try and um, exhibit in my behavior every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as we speak to people who are uh, you know aspiring counselors, thinking about whether or not to become counselors, what I think is so powerful about the therapeutic relationship is it's so rare in our everyday lives that we're in the presence of someone or sitting across from someone who we know in the way that they're listening to us and attuned to what it is we're saying that their mindset and their focus is on us. It's not on the distractions, it's not on the busyness and you know, the everyday things that can vie for our attention or our energy, but that they're with us. And as counselor educators, I think about how important that is to model that for our students, but also to instill in them that mindset of, this is something that maybe happens gradually, that it's not just that either you have it or you not mm-hmm. you don't have it. Um, it may come a bit more easily to some people, but that we're all kind of making that effort, like you said, to be present in the moment, to have that gratitude uh, and that desire to really just enter into that time. And uh, I think that's what makes our work so meaningful, so transformative, and certainly you know, going out and to be clinicians, like to really bring healing uh, and transformation through just being so present to someone, uh, whether it's in their time of joy, uh, when they're able to recognize that, when it's their time of suffering. Um, but what a gift that we have to be able to kind of exhibit that each day. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Bob, we got to wrap it up. We do. I love this Sorry, talk. I do too. I'm going to be nice. listening to this podcast over myself a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap, anything, last words. I guess this would be the last call. Last call. Last call. Just that last little self care word of encouragement as we're. Choose you. I think that, you. you know, people go into the field, they're helpers, they want to be connected to other people, and we just don't prioritize ourselves. We can't be good givers to others if we don't give it to ourselves. So mm. choose you. It's okay. Yeah. Choose you. Nice. like it. Rob? Uh, yeah, I'd say um, when you encounter your fuzzy blanket sometime <laughs> in your day, uh, to, to recognize that you can take a few minutes and to not feel guilty about that, to just pet that blanket. I'm totally going to get a fuzzy blanket. Yeah, they're going to come steal my blanket. I'm going to start locking my door more. I feel like I need a fuzzy blanket <laughs> keychain. Yeah. That's a good idea. Awesome. A little more accessible than when I carry around. It's like I've got a, like a binky or whatever they call it. It's a blanket. <laughs> totally. It's, it's like an adult binky. It is an adult binky. I own it. <laughs> it's actually appropriate binky for adults. Yeah, we got there. 
this is self-care. It is. It is. Bob, self-care, last call. What for you? Uh, That small things can really matter, can build Mm. up. Just to take some moments for yourself and uh, uh, look at that. I mean, certainly you can do great big things, eat well, sleep well, get good exercise and all that. But uh, Mm. just taking little moments that really kind of feed your spirit, relax you, um, can encourage you. Well, my... Uh, my t- uh, the last thing on my mind is friendship. Friendship. So I'm thinking yeah. about my word board, and I'm totally in this moment thinking about friendship. Yeah. And I appreciate the friendship that you all brought to this podcast today, Bob. And it's fun. Yeah. So we, we hope. Let's do a little plug here for the programs. Want to? Absolutely. Department of Counseling, Wake Forest University. Um, these fine folks here: Rob Cazara, Cheyenne Carter, Bob Nations. Um, it just wouldn't be very humble to say Shannon Warden, but I'm going to go ahead and just throw it in there. I don't know how else to get around it. <laughs> but this is what we're doing in the Department of Counseling at Wake Forest University. We've got the campus program. We've got an online program as well. We've got the clinical mental health counseling and school counseling. Students can find those online or here at Wake Forest on campus. It's a high-touch program, be it online or campus. We believe in you, uh, st- our students now, and in future students, in the exact ways you heard us talking about today, um, we're we're invested in presence. We're invested in gratitude. We're invested in uh, supporting you and helping you be the healthiest and best you, right? As Cheyenne was saying there, that you can be going forward into the profession of counseling. So look us up online, Wake Forest University Department of Counseling, uh, the master's degree in clinical mental health counseling and school counseling. I feel like a commercial. I'm a commercial, Bob. You are. But that's good. It's good. Good Good work. All right. Thanks for listening. And, uh, Bob, we've done it again. We have. Thank you all. Mm